dun 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 We are in season two of Bakker thrown in. Dun 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 dun. All right, here we go. Season two, episode one. The way I think I'm going to format uh, my show as we go, I've had some feedback of people enjoying uh, when I just talk by myself. Maybe it's just because I'm that much of an idiot, and so they just enjoy hearing me ramble on and talking. I don't know. So I thought to start every season, the first episode, I'll do a solo episode. I'll, I'll recap kind of my thoughts on season one. I'll go over episode one for season two, and yeah, we'll go from there. So season one ended, obviously, with Ned Stark having Honor crush him. Uh, Honor, the big theme of season one was Honor being... The downfall, and we're looking for season two for some dishonorable nonsense, which would be fun. We've got a lot of cool things set up with a lot of characters and what they're going to do. I'm very, very pro Rob Stark at this point. I hope Jon Snow leaves the wall. I hope Joffrey is murdered by hopefully Sansa or maybe his dad, Jamie Lannister. That'd be kind of nifty. Cersei is up to all sorts of crazy things. Oh, another thing I'm going to do differently is I am going to go over the Wikipedia plot lines, but I'm not going to read it word for word because that became very cumbersome, I think. I'm just going to go over really quickly some of the settings and what's happening on each setting. So on Dragonstone, we have Robert's brother Stannis, and he declares himself the rightful heir to the throne. Stannis also sends out a letter to say that Cersei and Jaime uh, had children together. And Stannis refuses to, to, refuses to ally with King of the North, Robb Stark, or rival, Renly. What's the deal with the brothers? They don't like each other? Come on, brothers. In the Riverlands, Rob informs the captive Jamie of Stannis' letter, surmising that Rob's brother Bran was crippled and his father Ned killed for discovering the secret. So Rob sends Jamie's cousin, Alton, uh, to King's Landing with terms of peace. And those terms are rad. Catelyn uh, wants to negotiate an alliance with Renly's court. Catelyn tells Rob his father would be proud, but warns him not to trust Balin. At Winterfell, a prophetic dream, Bran visits the godswood of Osha, noticing a red comet. And something funny about this red comet, so season one had happened. It was a success. We're on to season two. It just looked like you have dragons that look real. This red comet looked like a two-year-old painted it. If anyone went and rewatched it, I'm like, yep, that's a red streak in the sky. I don't know. At Craster's Keep. Craster? 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 The Night's Watch ranging party reaches Craster's Keep beyond the wall. Craster claims that the Wildlings leader, Mance Raider, is amassing an army to move south. In the Red Waste, with the remnants of Cal Drago's Calisar, Daenerys makes a difficult journey across the Red Waste. In King's Landing, during combats to celebrate King Joffrey, the captive Sansa saves a drunkard uh, by convincing jo Joffrey to make him a fool. Tyrion shows up as Hand of the King and mocks his sister. <laughs> Cersei dismisses, dismisses a Stannis letter to Joffrey as gossip. And the gossip in New York City is insidious and... That's a shout out to all you Hamilton folks out there. Whenever I hear the word gossip now, I think of New York City as insidious. And then we get a last glimpse of Arya at the end. So my notes for this, I wrote 
that this episode starts with Joffrey being a dick. Weird. He is flexing himself and showing himself as this really ridiculous king. And Sansa is playing her part really well. Uh, she does it twice. And then um, someone, and then the guy that that he tries to kill is because he's drunk. And then I wrote, "Death by wine." Is season two getting soft? Like, come on, we saw all kinds of beheadings and crazy deaths, and you're gonna have this guy just chug wine? I mean, yeah, it's it's not an ideal way to go, but is it season two? Are we looking at some softness here? Come on. Uh, and then I wrote, "LOL, oh what up, Tyrion." Uh, that he comes up and Cersei is not very pleased about the news that she is not necessarily the right hand man, that it's little Tyrion. And then, uh, Tyrion again says, yes, sympathy for lost fathers. And then Joffrey doesn't care. Asshole. Duh. Idiot. Like, I love that Tyrion says, he just is, as much as Cersei thinks ahead, uh, she doesn't really think in the present. And Tyrion is able to think in the present while thinking in the head as well. I really enjoy that aspect of him. And then I wrote, a five-year winter? Are they on Earth? Like, where are they? WTF? I don't understand. Um, I, I I seriously, like, five, like, okay, where are they? Where do you have a five-year winter? I talked about this with one of my guests. I don't remember. But... I know a long winter, a long one could be like five months, six months, seven months would be a long winter. Where are they? They're not on earth. They can't be. Well, I guess there's dragons, so it's fantasy, right? Fantasy. That's the genre. Okay, it's fantasy. Okay, sorry. So they're not on earth. Great. It sure looks like they're on earth. Hold up, pause. Tyrion says, so much to be thankful for, and nods towards Littlefinger. Littlefinger sold out Tyrion for stealing his dagger to assassinate Bran. Hold up, what's going on? This exchange, I missed it the first time, you know, because I, I watch the show just for enjoyment, take it all in, kind of make mental notes, and then I go through and I take down notes of what I see. A lot of it is notes that I thought the first time, but then I catch things on the second time, and I'm like, hold, hold up, wait a minute. What's the deal here with this little looky-looky exchange between Littlefinger and Tyrion? Um, because I do remember that Littlefinger says, that's my dagger. I got it from, you know, I, um, it was stolen from me. Or vice versa. I'm sure my next guest will correct me uh, if they listen to this episode. But that was really interesting. And so that was my first hold up moment. And then I just love Tyrion controlling this conversation with Cersei. I wrote Bran playing quote unquote leader because we cut to Bran. I said more like raisinless Bran. Am I right? Am I right? Raisinless Bran. You guys get it? Like raisin Bran? But this is like just straight up Bran. Okay. And then I wrote raisinless dreaming as a wolf. Yawn, boring, whatever. And then Tonks, his character, that girl that walks around with him. The comma means one thing, boy, dragons. Well, duh, we saw baby dragons at the end. And then Danny talking shit about her brother. I love it. Oh, no, her horsey dies. Another horse death. What's the deal with all these horse deaths? Am I right? Pause again. Jorah says, you must be their strength. 
Danny says, as you are mine. Ooh, I kind of predicted this at the end. I said, are these two going to have a little flingy fling because the cowl is gone? Um, what's the deal with Danny? Does she, does she want to get down with another guy or does she just want to be her own, you know, mess around with dragons? What's she, what's she all about? And then Danny sends Lewis and Clark out and she's flirting with one of these guys. Danny, what are you doing? Pick a guy or don't. You don't need one, by the way. You're the dragon girl. But did anyone, if anyone remembers the scene, she has these three guys and I don't know their names because they're like, it's like Como and Somo and Drago. It's not Drago, but you know, it's these weird names and she sends them all. And then one of them she's like flirting with and they're kind of like, yeah, looking at each other. Okay. But she just told this to Jorah and she kissed Jorah on the cheek in the last episode in season one, episode 10. What are you doing, Danny? So let me change my page here my notes and then i said oh sam's getting ripped on because they cut to the north all is well ew marrying daughters for more daughters and then snow says what does like what does he do with the boys and i wrote yeah what does he do with the boys do they just get chucked in the water like and then i said who is this dude why is he important and he really doesn't like snow why well you know what's he got against snow and then Snow's getting that Hamilton treatment. And I put in quotes, you want to lead one day, you got to learn how to follow. And that's what Jefferson was thinking towards Hamilton. You know, you are a very important key element to the winning this war, but we need you alive. We can't have you dead. And I love that idea of learning to lead first, you must learn to follow. I learned so much growing up in every aspect that I did. As By watching leaders, I followed their lead first and I learned from them. And that enabled me to be a leader in whatever capacity I would do. Anyone who studied leadership, I think, can understand that idea. So I like this. This just kind of gets me a little amped up that Snow's learning a lot, that he's not going to be around the Night's Watch for long. He's going to leave. Because I don't think they're building up to lead the Night's Watch. Unless all these White Walkers and whatnot escape. And that's the reason that he needs to lead. I don't know. Who knows? And then it cuts over to the... St I get to meet Stannis. And I said, who are the who's this redheaded bitch? Who are all these characters? Ugh. Just more and more. I mean, at first I didn't know it was Stannis. And then I'm like, oh, it's Stannis. And then I like how Stannis is amending the statement that they're drafting up. And he writes, and everyone is going to find out about the incest. Like, that's, I'm not going to make the mistake that was made before. We're sending out ravens to everybody. It's like we're posting it to Facebook. We're going to post it on everyone's wall. We're going to make sure it goes live on everyone's feed. Uh, it's not... By the way, fun story about the feed. I have a friend who loved Facebook in college. Now, granted, we all loved Facebook in college. And this was pre-parentals and crazy aunts and uncles getting on Facebook and ruining it. Okay? So when we were just on Facebook and it was just for college kids, it was a lot of fun. And then there was a time when it set up the feed. And my friend was on Facebook at like 2, 3 in the morning when the switch happened over and he thought, oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in the mainframe. I can see what everyone's doing. And he was very excited because he thought he had all sorts of power when in actuality he was just Facebooking at three in the morning and that's when the switch happened. And we all woke up and started texting, what's this feed? And he goes, it's definitely something that we all have. It's not just something for me. I won't use his name. Mike P. 
Michael P. I won't use his last name. Michael P. was who it was. Bend the knee or I'll destroy them. A lot of talks of bending the knee. Talking about, like, you know, honoring whoever has the crown. But apparently there's, like, five people who think that they have the crown. Uh, and then I said, hold up. Old guy drinks poison, dies, and redhead drinks and enjoys? I read this in the Wikipedia kind of in my overview. Did she not... Were both of them poisoned? Is this like a Princess Bride moment where both cups are poisoned, but the redhead has grown an immunity to the poison? Because that's a really strong move. It worked in Princess Bride. And just to think, all the while the poison was in your cup. The poison was in both of our cups. I have grown an immunity to Iocane powder. Love it. Love Princess Bride. Mowage. I'm not going to get on a marriage rant. <laughs> it's easier by myself to not get on rants. So Jamie continues to troll the Starks. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And now Rob is trolling him. You've been captured by a boy, defeated by a boy, and you're going to be killed by a boy. And then, and as Rob's confronting Jamie uh, with his direwolf next to him, it was a very, it was a very intense scene. And I love the way they were going back and forth. But one thing I noticed here is that he kept calling Jamie Kingslayer. Kept saying Kingslayer, Kingslayer. And I wonder if that's foreshadowing, like, again, yep, he's going to kill another king. And I don't know if it's going to be his son, but if Rob ends up taking, like, Rob is king of the north. Is Rob projecting his own death? Kingslayer, Kingslayer. And then I needed to pause it again to write down these quotes just to get it right here. Uh, he says, like, his father is going to come and rest, like, oh, he said, I'm gonna, I'm sending out a term of peace agreements to your father. And he says, oh, you don't know him very well. And Rob says, no, but he's starting to know me. And Jamie says, three victories don't make you a conqueror. And he said, it's better than three defeats. I'm like, yes, this exchange is so good. Man, whoever was writing for Rob just had a heart on for Rob because they gave him all the best lines. And I'm down with it. I'm for it. Um, and then the direwolf scares Jamie. Kind of scared me too. I thought maybe he'd bite his like finger off or something, but he didn't. It was scary direwolf. And then we transition and we say, um, Shay is with Tyrion saying she's going to be quiet. Yeah, okay. Littlefinger and Cersei. OMG. This was a cool scene. And Littlefinger says, knowledge is power. And then Cersei has all the guards hold him at knife point. She looks at him and goes, power is power. And her just establishing dominance. And I love that idea of themes because those are two very interesting themes. Knowledge is power. Littlefinger has established that the knowledge that he has has gotten him to important things. But Cersei is showing that she has at, like control. Like you got to be able to, you may know everything, but if you don't have the control, it doesn't matter. Like ideas are wonderful, but if you don't have the right people backing your ideas, then they're just words, words on paper. Who cares? And then Rob declaring independence. He's so badass. Um, am I getting... Did I just go from 6 to midnight? Whew, Rob. And then Theon wants his people in on this. Hmm. He said, your father raised me to an honorable man. Oh, no. A million rats raid those boats. Should we rally them? That was from Catelyn when he was trying to say... So Rob's talking to Catelyn. About like, well, maybe we should use these, uh, these Greyjoys fellows. Uh, they have ships, they have people. And she says, a million rats raid those boats. Should we rally them to help us? I wrote, LOL, nice cat. 
Renly has an army of 100,000? How? He just left. Where does he get 100,000 people? And we haven't even seen him yet. What's he doing? He didn't seem very, like, gravitating in the first season at all, in the couple episodes that was there. He seemed more boyish and more, like, really unsure of himself. Where does he get 100,000 people? Are you kidding me? Renly? All right. Um, and then I like this quote. I heard, a dis I heard a disgusting lie about Uncle Jamie. You mean Father Jamie? And then I love Cersei slapping Joffrey. Yas. I'm here for it. Slap away. That's what I was hoping for. Like, put this little kid in his place. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then that... And then that whore from season one is now training new whores. So that's good to see she got a promotion. A promotion. In the exact same way. Oh, I love that. A nice little callback to the way that she got trained. Whoa, what? Killing babies? And all these bastards? Sorry for doubting you, season two. And this is my old fuck moment of the episode which clearly there it was i doubted the episode we're like oh we're gonna kill this guy with wine drinking like meh, meh. and then no we're gonna kill babies all over the place one of those moments again i'm like do i continue watching the show and then i guess i'm going to i have uh some hopeful new guests lined up for season two some guests that you guys haven't seen yet um that i'm really hopeful seen some guests that you haven't heard from yet and my thought being is if we're going to get introduced to new characters in season two, we might as well get introduced to new guests and new fans of uh, Game of Thrones as well, which would be kind of fun and interesting. We should still have some old friends come back on. I've hired some people enjoy Mark's episode. Good job, Mark. Um, Davis and Marco each have two, so we'll see about them. I know Brittany, I want to get her back on before she has a claimed spot in season three. Donald, would you like to... Make amends for your narrow C comment. We would love to hear what you have to say about that. But all this going on in the first episode, it's like this was a good episode. It was fun to get back into it because I took a little bit of time off to mix down the other episodes just to like, you know, relax a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm excited to like start recording this again and analyzing and writing this down. I'm really interesting. I'm really interested to see the relationship between Littlefinger and Tyrion because they had that exchanged look. They both know more than what's going on. They're playing the intellectual game. And Littlefinger said, no, uh, knowledge is power. So that, I wonder if is going to be a theme as this season progresses as well. Is, are we looking at who's going to know more is going to triumph it? Before, I don't know. Now I'm just kind of talking out of my, my buttocks. I have no idea what to expect. Babies... Where and this episode ended with babies getting slaughtered. These are all bastards of, I'm assuming Robert Baratheon. So to make sure that there aren't any possible heirs out there. And then it cut away to, we got a little glimpse of Arya. Fun side note, uh, but before I started reading the, like paying attention to the spellings, I was writing down Arya as like A-R-I-A because I work with an Arya, but it's A-R-Y-A. And it's like, are ya? Are ya done with that beer? Are ya going to be a guest on Bakker Thrown In? Are ya? So it's hard for me, even though I have so much respect for her, it's hard for me to not say, say it in that kind of way. Are ya? So that's all I have. Uh, these episodes by myself are a little bit shorter, meant to give the listener a little bit of a break. I know that it can be so daunting with everyone's busy lives to sit down and listen to something for like 40 minutes. So here's a little 20, 30 minute episode, whatever it was. 
Uh, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to watch episode two. I'm hoping to have my friend Andy Hogan to be my to make his first appearance on this. He was one of the inspirations as I got an, many emails from him and my buddy Davis about how I need to watch this, how it's important, how it's better than Breaking Bad. So I'm really excited to have him on and hear what he has to say. So, thrown in, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs>